But our second reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 29 to chapter 12, uh, verse 2. Hear now the word of the Lord. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the wall of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of, of David and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fires, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and was taken to the seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as your word has been read and your word also proclaimed, that it speak to us, that it open our hearts and minds, that it allow the scales from our eyes to fall so that we may see how we can truly live, how we can strive towards building a better community where we are at peace with one another, and where things can be made whole. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Now, I don't see George here this morning, so maybe it's good he's not here, but I don't consider myself someone who is very handy uh, with tools. But I like to think that I enjoy doing that kind of work every now and then because it's rewarding. Sometimes I'll find that I'll turn to the internet to see what kind of DIY projects people are up to these days. One such project, though, that I came across was a video of, of someone attempting to repair an old uh, pair of running shoes that they found in their closet. And it was interesting to watch the meticulous work of replacing the soles and the other parts of the shoe, and it was for some reason or another satisfying to watch. But what I found more intriguing was spending time afterwards skimming the comment section, which I remind myself I have to stop doing. But while most were positive, there were a good number who wrote things like, 
they could have just went out and bought a new pair of shoes for the time it took to repair the old ones. If you've ever invested that kind of time into something, you know that's not the reason why we do it. That's not the reason why we sink our time or resources into doing tasks like restoration or the other types of job that require more of our attention. It's not about what is easy or what is fastest or what is most convenient, but what is most valuable. Valuable in terms of feeding our souls and nourishing them. The path that is laid in front of us requires that we be persistent in, our, in that work and that we forge ahead with faith that God will do what God needs to do and that we as well will continue then to be the hands and the feet of God. <clears throat> the readings we have had for the past couple of weeks from the book of Hebrews brings this understanding of faith to the forefront. Faith is the endurance of our souls to find rest and encouragement in the word of God and strength to overcome the hurdles that lie ahead. We find this morning that there are a couple of stories that are lifted up this morning from the book of Hebrews that might ring a bell for some of you this morning. The first is the one of Moses parting the Red Sea. And I always find the story of Moses to be interesting because I'm sure that Moses didn't have a plan to be a part of God's deliverance of the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. I'm sure that Moses had other things on his mind. I bet he had his sights on living a normal life. But we know that things happen, things change, and sometimes we find that we are moved to take actions that will change the course of history. Moses didn't start the day thinking that he would kill an Egyptian overseer who was beating an Israelite. Moses didn't know he would stand before the throne of Pharaoh and utter the famous words, let my people go. On those days when Moses thought that all was for naught, that his life was over, the Spirit of God revealed a different path, a path that would lead Moses to possess faith that God would separate the waters of the Red Sea, allowing the people to pass through. But of course, you know, that's not the whole story. If you were listening closely to the reading, you would find that it wasn't just Moses' faith that was mentioned, but the faith of the people as well. They, by faith, walked through the roaring waters of the Red Sea as if they were walking on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to do the same, they were washed away by the collapsing waters, which makes us wonder why it would swallow them and not the Israelites. We might say that it was because the Egyptians didn't have faith. They only had vengeance on their hearts, only hate, only malice. A lesson that should resonate with us as well each and every day. A lesson that reminds us that hatred and vengeance have no place in our life of faith, only love and compassion and mercy. And I don't say that with some glib attitude. I mean it. God is more than willing to sweep away the hatred we bring and will find ways to intervene to set us on the right path. We find that in addition to Moses and the Israelites, that Rahab too is lifted up as another story for us to look towards. 
as we look at what it means to be on an ongoing journey of faith. Rahab, the Canaanite woman, a prostitute, hid spies from, who came from Israel as they were collecting information about the city of Jericho. She instead didn't meet the Israelites with malice and tent, but instead welcomed them in peace. And because she did not allow them to fall into the hands of the guards, Rahab and her family were spared. As a Canaanite and as an outsider, Rahab still welcomed faith in something bigger than herself, even in the midst of possible death. But setting aside her fears for a moment, we find that she and those who were close to her were then given life anew. Rahab did something that was extraordinary. Rahab did something that we ourselves might not have the strength to do. Rahab welcomed in strangers, spies no less, from a foreign place, and she hid them from the guards who were searching for them. That takes guts. That takes courage, and it certainly takes faith that something much larger is at play. As I've said before on different occasions, the work of faith isn't easy. The late Harry Emerson Fosdick, who was an amazing theologian and preacher, once said that the world has two ways of getting rid of Jesus. The first is by crucifying him. The second is by worshiping him without following him. In that short sentence, there is a lot of truth to Fosdick's words. On the bad days, I often look back at this passage and realize just how bad things can really be. But faith is messy. Faith on the good days is still hard. It's hard work, but the payoff is more rewarding if we are willing to follow Jesus and not just simply worship Jesus. All it requires is that we be willing to take that initial first step as we follow the model that Christ has laid out for us. Following those footsteps might seem like a big task, and it often coincides with being a member of a church. But being a member of a church is easy. The task of discipleship in a larger community of the church and in the lows who live around us is something else. You might have figured it out, but the world often looks down on things that are considered wretched. But those things that are considered wretched are actually blessed in the eyes of Christ. Blessed are the have-nots. Blessed are the meek and humble. Blessed are the ones who show mercy and compassion. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty so that God's righteousness may flow like a raging river. Blessed are the ones who are peacemakers. Blessed are the ones who have been persecuted for who God created them to be beautifully and wonderfully made. Blessed are those who have been chastised just because they showed love, because they showed compassion, and because they spoke for justice, not just for themselves, but for those who need justice the most. It is that kind of faith, that kind of discipleship, that should give us the motivation to keep moving. As we hear in this morning's reading, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of God. Faith requires us to get down into the dirt and get a little grime on our hands. We need to get dirty in order to see that the reward for our perseverance exists outside of ourselves. It's not about what we contribute to one church, to one town, to one country, to one state even. It's about something much more. When we get down into the hard work of faith, we'll find that God has called us to be a part of a much more expansive community. That might seem overwhelming, but it's part of one long relay. The work we do now will be passed on to the next generation, and they will pass it on to the generation that comes after them. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay down the things that weigh heavy on our heart. In the end, all I can really say is keep the faith. In the messiness and the chaos, keep faith. Keep faith when you feel like it is strong, like a fire, and keep it when you don't. Hold on to faith when exploring the mountaintops and the beauties of creation, and keep it when you find that you are walking in valleys of humiliation or angst and despair. Keep it when you feel like God is close to you, and keep it when it feels as though God is far away. God has faith in us, so much so that we are given the gift of life. Isn't it worth it, then, to get our hands a little dirty, so that our lives are not just lived to the fullest, but those who come after us may live a full life as well? So may you, may we, then, have faith encourage to run the race and the course that is ahead of us as we do the hard and messy work of faith together, hand in hand. Amen.